Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Big show today. Buy low, sell high, heat sigh, a game on Thursday night, uh, Ben Folds 5, a special guest joining us live, one of my best intros. What's up, Heath? Pretty good, right? Well... There's rhyming? two questions you asked there. One of your best intros, absolutely. Pretty good, not really. <laughs> I'm getting better. Though. How long did it take better. you to write that thing? Uh, you know, not not that long. 30 seconds to a minute. I'm I that you, good. you like spending hours writing that. No, you know what? I didn't. I did not, but thank you. Uh, but I did notice, Ben, you are very dressed up today, as am I. That must be because we have a special guest joining us in the studio. Sia Najad is coming on. He made an amazing, generous donation to St. Jude. He won a guest spot on our podcast, and we'll talk to him in a little bit. We're going to play Fantasy Feud with him later on in the show. But because we have so many things to talk about, uh, let's go to some buy low and sell high right out of the gate. Ben is going to give you some buy lows that I don't really agree with. Ben, you're on the clock. Uh, yeah, no, there's, uh, this week was interesting. It, I, I mean, I, I've talked a lot on the show about air yards, it, using air yards in addition to targets to look at wide receivers. The top four guys in air yards this week all pretty dramatically underperformed the, the volume they saw. So you see guys uh, wind up with a really low stat line and don't necessarily recognize that they had the potential for the big plays, the downfield shots. Two that I mentioned uh, that I I guess you must be talking about are Philip Dorsett, who had nine targets and well over 100 air yards, uh, and Curtis Samuel, who obviously is playing with a a, a backup quarterback at this stage, but also had plenty of air yards, got a lot of deep shots this week. Neither of them are very productive. And then for the season in air yards, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller are both Guys that I think you can you can look at. Will Fuller should have had a long touchdown this week. Uh, Deshaun Watson overthrew him. But they're ninth and 12th in air yards for the season. Uh, John Brown was another guy who was a little bit under underproductive this week, but was very is very good in air yards for the season. Um, you know what it he's is, top ben, 10 in errors for this. I, I think for me, philosophically, when I'm buying low, I look at this as an opportunity to get great players who are underperforming. So my mind by low, like Hopkins, yeah, absolutely. That was one of the guys I was going to mention. It's just he's too good to be performing like this, even with the lower target share that we talked about on Sunday night. But um, I don't know. I feel like with by low, that's your opportunity to take players who were drafted in the early rounds that have the chance to be real difference makers, really great players for your team, and get them for mid-round or late-round value, depending on the type of league you play in. So I just, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy low, like, I wouldn't buy low on Curtis Samuel with a backup quarterback. You know, I, I just, I guess I just wouldn't really look at these guys because they're not, they're good. They may be worth starting. And I don't, and I'm more nervous about Curtis Samuel, I think, just um, because they don't really throw the ball that much with, with Allen and they have, have a lot of mallets to feed, to be honest. Uh, but that's sort of my philosophy, Ben. It's just, I'm just kind of looking like, let's so, get some great players. Like, not how many, yeah. How many of the top, few round great players are a underperforming and b actually buy lows because like Juju Smith-Schuster is another guy that I thought of but I don't know if I want to buy low on him for a similar reason because of the the backup quarterback issue and the fact that they basically went to a wildcat gimmicky jet motion offense that would not be good for him if they could continue to do that yeah DeAndre Hopkins is a great one there's not a ton more guys in the I mean a lot of the the top picks are actually performing so I know I agree with you philosophically and I also think as far as buy lows go right now, it's a huge deal. Your record is a huge deal. If you're 0-4 or 1-3, and you need to be optimizing for the next two or three weeks. You shouldn't be buying guys that you're looking uh, down a little further down the line and hoping will be productive in a month. You should be selling those guys. And you should absolutely be trying to win as the next two or three weeks or your season's going to be done. 
if you're out in front, if you're winning, if you're four and zero or three and one, you can be trying to to grab guys that might have the potential to be more productive later in the season. Like a Curtis Samuel, I expect Cam Newton will be back at some point. The the answer to buy low this week is just wide receiver. <laughs> almost all of the top wide receivers have underperformed what we expected, and I expect almost all of them, except for maybe Juju Smith-Schuster, to be just about what we expected. I did not draft any Odell Beckham because I didn't have him as a top five wide receiver coming into the year. as like sixth or seventh for me, right in the Mike Evans range. I would absolutely be buying low on Odell Beckham. And then there, like, there are some other guys in that range of, maybe not Curtis Samuel, but a little bit lower. Tyler Boyd, I love his involvement in the passing game. He's just unlucky that he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. I'd absolutely try to buy low on Tyler Boyd before this matchup against Arizona. Especially with John Ross out. Uh, now, as far as uh, one other guy I just want to bring up is Josh Gordon. That was a guy that I'd like to maybe buy low on and get your thoughts on that. Uh, you know, look, we should, and on Philip Dorsett, Ben, he's actually only owned in 65% of leagues. So, you know, I think you're making a good point. Just like it was Buffalo. It was a tough matchup and don't give up on the Patriots guys. Like I, I put out a tweet about the worryometer, which we'll also try to get to today. And somebody said Julian Edelman. And I just don't see a reason to be concerned at all about Julian Edelman in two of three games without Antonio Brown. He had double digit targets. One of those was in only one half. So they all had bad games against Buffalo. Look at their schedule. It's incredible. Josh Gordon, his next three opponents, ranked 31st, 29th, and 30th in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Washington, the Giants, and the Jets. Uh, You know, I'm just throwing out the Buffalo game. It was one of Tom Brady's worst games as a starting quarterback. So um, that's someone I like. Uh, Heath, yes or no, buy low on Josh Gordon. I'm just wondering if the if the CF so college football playoff system is going to penalize the Patriots for their scheduling this year because it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. The teams that they're playing, like play, play a, a a bit power five team for one. Look at the, um, look at their yeah, schedule think, though later in the season. They have, they actually gets pretty tough. It does. I oh they play a couple of conference games. Good. Um, I think Josh Gordon is a buy low. I'm a little bit leery just about the Patriots pass attack. Because we've gone through four games, and really three of those were pretty good matchups. Yes, the next three games are pretty good matchups, but then you get to the second half of the season, and generally speaking, when the weather gets cold, the Patriots go more run heavy. And so I, I just worry that like if, if we're cutting the season into, into four quarters, we're through the first quarter, which should have been one of their best. It was a little bit of a disappointment. The fourth quarter, we're kind of planning on being a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, so Gordon, Gordon's a really good example of a guy that if you're 0-4 or 1-3 because of the great matchups coming up, and I agree with Adam, I, I kind of threw out this Bills game because it was a tough matchup. Brady t- typically struggles there, and he had his worst yards per attempt since 2009 in a, in a game since 2009. So, I mean, that's not what we're expecting from Brady going forward. Gordon's a guy who, if you need to win in the next couple of weeks right, and you're trying right. to optimize for the next couple of weeks, he has great matchups for the next couple of weeks. Yep, and you know what, Ben? You know how I knew that Brady had one of his worst games ever? From stealing signals, Ben's weekly column. It's awesome. All right, uh, let's do some sell high here. HQ, though. You got to be watching HQ if you need more fantasy advice. Noon Eastern every day, Monday through 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Download the CBS Sports HQ app and watch fantasy football today. Great, great advice for you. I'm not on it, but it's still great advice. I'm not trying to promote something I'm on here. Like, trust me, it's awesome. And if you miss it at noon Eastern, you can watch it on demand later. Just get the CBS Sports HQ app on your OTT devices. Uh, we have a Facebook group and a Facebook giveaway this week. What is your draft day pet peeve? Like when someone drafts a player who's already been, been picked. Yeah, that's annoying. Uh, when someone shows up without a cheat sheet, uh, cheat sheet asks to use yours. When the host forgets to order the pizza, that would be something that I would do. Tell us your uh, your biggest pet peeve on draft day. And like I mentioned, Sia Najad is joining us today. He uh, donated to St. Jude. We thank him so much for that. And we'll hear from him in a bit. Sell high, candidates. Heath. You can start with this. We'll start with Wayne Gallman. It was a fantastic performance, but my biggest concern for Gallman is that the next two weeks are could be absolutely terrible against the Vikings and the Patriots, and then we're looking at a max of four more weeks of Wayne Gallman as a starting running back, possibly less than that, the way Saquon Barkley has been talking. I would trade Wayne Gallman for just about any starting player at just about any starting position. You, you know, Ben was talking about 
if you're four and oh, three and one, then you're looking towards the end of the season. If you're 0 and three, one and three, oh, and four, you're looking towards the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure that Wayne Gallman is great for either. He'll be good for week seven. Um, he, he's a low end starter for the next two weeks, but not somebody I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm a little bad that you have Gallman ahead of Gurley in PPR. I don't think you're the only one, by the way. Uh, I think Dave also does. Jamie has them back-to-back. A little mad about that. We'll preview that game later, Heath. But I don't think you should have Gallman ahead of Gurley. What do you think about that? Well, it sounds ridiculous when you say it. And <laughs> like we're still at the point in the week where it's all what the spreadsheet spit out, and I haven't looked into it too much. Um, but like Todd Gurley hasn't had a game like Wayne Gallman had last week yet. Oh, he had a you got to be game pretty optimistic. Week. Yeah, you got to be pretty optimistic about the the targets. Obviously, they threw 68 times for Gurley. But the, the other big thing that's pretty wild, they had a really up-tempo game, and his snap share didn't really come down. So he ended up playing, I believe it was 74 raw snaps, which is like one or two off the the NFL season high for a running back, which is a Christian McCaffrey game. He had a, a couple more than that because he plays like 100% of the snaps. But a ton of raw snaps. When you think about an up-tempo game, they didn't actually sub Gurley out a lot. Probably a pretty good sign. All right, that's interesting. We'll see how he responds on a short week. That's kind of good to know. Um, so Wayne Gallman's a sell high. Ben, who else? Yeah, I mean, again, buy low sell highs are always going to be price dependent, right? But Chris Godwin is a guy that if I could get really top end value out of, I wouldn't mind selling right now. Uh, Mike Evans was pretty sick to start the season in week one. Didn't play a full snap share. Came back uh, on a short week in on Thursday night in week two and. And both of those games weren't great for him. They were very good for Godwin. And now uh, week three, we saw a lot more Evans. Now in week four, we saw a game that was really up-tempo. I just mentioned it on the Rams side, uh, but on the Bucks side as well. Tons of passing, tons of volume overall on both sides. The type of game that is great for everyone's fantasy ceiling. And Godwin really thrived in that game. 14 targets, two touchdowns. His air yards were almost identical to Evans, even though Evans had half as many targets. Evans is the downfield guy that, that has more boom potential Obviously, Godwin just had a huge boom game, but Godwin's more of a compiler in, in that uh, Larry Fitzgerald role in the in the Bruce Arians offense. He's been great so far, but definitely, I think, overperforming a little bit rest of season expectations and coming off a game situation that was really great for just compiling stats. If you can get he's top five in, in all formats right now, if you can get top five value for him, I would I'd be fine selling him. OK, would you sell him for Tyreek Hill? I think so. Yeah, I mean, yes. uh, Hill is Hill's going to be back pretty quick, and, and I expect Hill to be a lot better the rest of the way. I, I have help. tried <laughs> two different leagues to trade him for Tyreek Hill, and I can't. Yeah, interesting. Uh, any other sell highs? Guys, I would just say if you if you own two tight ends, it's really not a, in my opinion, not a great use of a roster spot. I would try to sell one of your tight ends. Um, anything, anyone Austin else? Hooper. Austin Hooper's a tight end that, that I noticed as well. I mean, a couple touchdowns last week, been very involved. I don't expect Calvin Ridley to be uninvolved the rest of the way. If you go back and, and look at Austin Hooper's game log last year, I think I talked about this last week, but he had some stretches with uh, you know uh, more targets over a stretch, and then he, it would just kind of disappear. This is an offense that has four targets, including Sanu and Ridley and Jones, and, and even Devontae Freeman out of the backfield. And, and the targets just kind of go where the matchup goes. Last week, they couldn't get the ball down the field while they were chasing points, and, and Jones and Ridley didn't see his main targets at higher average depth of targets. And then we saw Sanu, Hooper, and Devontae Freeman all see a bunch of dump-offs underneath based on what the defense was giving them. Hooper is not an elite tight end. He's a good tight end. He's going to have more boom weeks. But if you can get really good value for him and then go pick up somebody like a Chris Herndon, who I think is somebody you should be looking at for when he returns, um, that's a trade-off I would take. I I would take Herndon over Hooper probably the rest of the way because I think Herndon has more upside. So far, the Falcons' targets look like this. Julio Jones has 37 Austin Hooper has 33, Muhammad Sanu 31, Calvin Ridley 23, and Devontae Freeman 21. So um, pretty spread out, but Ridley trailing Hooper and Sanu by 10 and 8 targets respectively. But, you know, next week, next we talk next right. week, it could be completely different, you know. Uh, all right, cool. Chris Godwin, Wayne Gallman, Austin Hooper. Heath, any more names? Are we good? I think we're good. All right. All right, we'll we'll come across I missed a, more. I missed so a buy low. I missed a buy low that I want to throw in. That's a really quick one. But yeah. Damian Williams, uh, I think can. It depends how how much you got to pay for him. But I think he could take over the Daryl Williams role. I mean, I don't really have to explain that the Kansas City running back role is awesome. 
both LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams scored touchdowns last week. Williams scored uh, twice. But the way that William, they're using Williams and they're using him more in the pass game, they seem to be – he basically just took over Damian Williams' role. And I still expect when Williams comes back that he's going to be involved and potentially will just take that role right back. So if you can get him cheap, he's somebody I'd look at buying as well. So at this point, is LaShawn McCoy the best Chiefs running back rest of season? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can go back to LaShawn McCoy on FanDuel. He was underpriced last week. I had him in all my lineups. So uh, that was that was good. And if you want to compete against me and Heath and Ben and all of our guys, go to FanDuel.com slash league slash FFT. But before you do that, go to FanDuel.com slash FFT and put in $20 and get $5 in site credit for four weeks. So that's 20 bucks you put in and 20 bucks you get back. And you can use those $5 every week to join our contest. So there are more ways to win than ever. FanDuel has more ways to win cash prizes and once-in-a-lifetime experiences during every single game, every single week. For $9, you can compete to win a million bucks. You can play for $1. You can play for 5 You can play for 20 Whatever. Pick your game. Pick your contest. 50-50s, tournaments. Uh, you can play one-game FanDuel contests. A lot of stuff you can do, and you don't have to worry about injuries and bye weeks and bad matchups and your crappy teams and all that. And if you have great teams in seasonal leagues... Well, then just get in there and play some more and just keep the good times rolling. Sign up for FanDuel right now and get $20 in total bonus. Make your first deposit of 20 bucks to get started. You'll get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. FanDuel.com slash FFT or download the FanDuel app. Not a lot of news and notes today. Um, Kawan Short, Carolina's defensive tackle, he's out for the season, and that is a big loss for them as they get ready for Jacksonville. I did forget to look this up. I will do it right now, unless you know off the top of your head. He missed the last two games? Is that right? Yes. He missed the last two games, and uh, they placed, they faced Arizona and Houston. I think they still did okay against the run. We'll look into that when we preview the game tomorrow. John Ross, though, he could miss a few weeks with a shoulder injury. Heath, where are you ranking Auden Tate, who is 9% owned? Last two games, four catches for 50 yards, six catches for 88 yards, and he will be at Arizona. Top 24 wide receiver in both formats. Add him and start him. Wow. He has 16 targets over the last two weeks with John Ross on the team. Great matchup against Arizona. I'm starting Andy Dalton. I'm starting Auden Tate. I'm starting the Bengals. Uh, I got to say, I'm a little... I'm nervous about Dalton now without John Ross. Like, he just doesn't have any playmakers. John Ross catches, like, a one out of every six balls but, thrown to him. But he could take it but to the house. But he's a great – His and also his speed is, is very important to the scheme. We've talked about how they run a heavy 11 personnel scheme that he took from Sean McVay, and Ross is basically playing that Brandon Cooks role. It's really important to creating the opportunities for other receivers in the offense. I think his – him being out of the lineup is a is a pretty significant uh, downgrade for the offense as a whole. Whoever is going to play in that third wide receiver spot, Auden Tate has actually played a full snap share the last two weeks in the the role that Damian Willis started in, but it eventually will be AJ Green's role in this three wide receiver offense. He's not like getting a bump in opportunity or a bump in snap share. He's been playing tons well, he, of snaps, right? But he can get a bump. Someone in else targets. is going to take Ross's role. Yeah, right, but sure. that, Ross Ross was getting twenty five percent target share. He's whoever is taking Ross's role is not going to get twenty five percent of the targets this week. I'm sure, not, I'm but not, I uh, do think Ross's speed out of the offense is 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 a downgrade for the yeah. offense overall. Gosh, man, they were so bad. They were so bad on Monday night, and it's this not is like, nothing. But this is this this is nothing new for the Bengals or for Andy Dalton. They're up and they're down. They're up and they're down. Like, that's, this is what it's been in the entirety of his career. And All like, right. what if Tyler Eifert just catches that touchdown pass that it's hit him still in a both terrible hands game. in the end zone? It's still a terrible it's, game. Well, we don't even know how the game goes after that. It probably changes the whole flow of the oh, game. Oh yeah, right. Hey, Brian, those are three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know what? Probably Tyler Eifert for two fifty and two. No, he would have not. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. Roquan Smith is out indefinitely. He's dealing with a personal injury, a personal issue. That's Chicago's linebacker. They're in London to face Oakland this week. Kirk Cousins apologized to Adam Thielen for missing Wait. him. What? <laughs> what Adam Thielen's supposed to be apologizing to Kirk. Kirk Cousins didn't call Adam Thielen out on national. Like, I don't understand. This is how this bad it's gotten with the Vikings passing game. We have quarterbacks. <laughs> we have wide receivers. Complete mutiny. Just go into the media. And then we have the quarterbacks apologizing to the wide receivers is awful. Well, I think he's going to have a big game. Uh, Thielen. I don't know. I hope for, for cousins, but they're at the giants this week. So plenty of opportunity. 
Uh, it seems that Marlon Humphrey may not have choked Odell Beckham. If you go to the Baltimore Ravens website, they have a pretty good camera angle showing that it didn't look like he was choking. They also have the most biased article ever written, ever, uh, completely defending Marlon Humphrey, who was just doing what he was taught to do or something like that. It's, it's pretty hilarious to read, but it actually does have good video there, so you can check that out. And a beer vendor got arrested for charging $724 for two beers at Hard Rock Stadium, home of the dreadful Dolphins and horrible Hurricanes. Uh, $724 for two beers, Heath. Out of your price range? Out of my price range, yes. Yeah, all right. I, th- I thought so. Uh, that's a lot of bad stuff going on at Dolphins at the Hard Rock Stadium. Do we have any re- any <laughs> injury updates, by the way? Uh, Damian Williams, Marlon Mack, all the guys that we were... I saw a note that Tyrell Williams is is banged up. Oh. Yeah, he's had, he's had a hip thing for a couple of weeks. I don't, is this a new one, or is okay. it still the hip thing? I just saw that he was questionable, so maybe it's still the same thing. I just saw that this morning. Uh, I, I didn't see a lot of information about it, but thought it was worth noting. Guys, I'm going to let you script the show. because, Well, actually, do you have an interested... Did you come prepared with an interesting stat? No, not no. specifically. <laughs> okay, well, I did. <laughs> I, I, asked I, I have an interesting stat, but you stole it and put it in the notes. I put it so... in there for you, Heath. Okay, go ahead. What's your interesting okay, yeah. stat? Per Sports Info Solutions... Sony Michelle has a 0% broken tackle rate. Um, every tackle attempt against him has been successful. Now, immediately, of course, Patriots fans responded to me on Twitter with videos of uh, possibly a Sony Michelle broken tackle. I, the, maybe the, he has a 1, <laughs> 1.5% broken tackle rate. I'm not sure. I have not verified the video. But that's amazing. In. You got Patriots fan Zap Ruder filming you. <laughs> and, and it's Look not at, even d- my number. Down like, to the left. He breaks I, the tackle. I cited Sports Info Solutions. They charted the game, not me. Regardless of whether it's zero, one, or even two broken tackles, Chris Carson had like 25 in his most recent game, 21. I'm exaggerating. Um, wow. He's been really bad. He has been. So, so what should we do? Because I said yesterday on the Waiver Wire show, that you should still consider picking up Rex Burkhead, who yesterday was like 64% owned. People are asking about Damian Harris. Michelle is averaging like 2.3 yards per carry, something horrible. Uh, what should we do, Heath? I don't... Like, I'll start James White in PPR this week. I'm not starting any Patriot running back than non-PPR. Let's talk long-term, though. Let's, let's guess long-term. I, I don't... Like... I have been telling you for, and you argue against me sometimes. This is the Patriots no, running back situation. No, it is. Yes, it, that, it is. Okay, like I know it Sean is Michelle because had a Michelle's good eight game stretch last year, but that he's was been awesome. horrible. He, he's been horrible. It, he had the opportunity to win this job, and he's blowing it. But they've shown Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead was the most valuable Patriots running back until last week, and then he gets one touch. He okay. It, it like it was I think that was an injury. We will situation. give up on Sony Michelle, and then he's going to rush for 115 yards and three touchdowns in a game. Well, he could do it three that's weeks in true. a row. <laughs> I mean, that's I agree with Heath completely that it, they they will go with who's available, who's healthy, what the scheme dictates, all of that stuff. It's a really hard thing to project because again, look, Rex Burkhead gets a little bit banged up, still plays. I think. In, in another offense, probably could have played a lot more than he did. But for the Patriots, it's like, okay, this game doesn't matter as much as our whole season matters. We're just going to go. And we have like 900 running backs. So we're just going to go more towards James White this week in the passing game, in, in the in the role that Burkhead is kind of sharing as the passing down back. And then obviously still use Michelle heavily. But yeah, down the down the road, it could be Damian Harris. It could be anything. I mean, I, I, in uh, the Scott Fishbowl, really deeply, I just picked up Damian Harris because he got cut. Not because I think he's worth necessarily owning right now, but I do think five weeks from now he could be. <laughs> we, we don't know. Right. Well, look, what I gave you, what I say in the, said in the preseason, what I've said is actual evidence, actual data that the Patriots used Stephen Ridley, LeGarrette Blunt, and I'm pretty sure Sony Michelle last year at about 16 carries per game. Now, you know Michelle's not going to get passing downs work, which is always a knock, but if you get 16 carries a game from Michelle you're going to have a productive running back who's going to score touchdowns. Uh, he's just blowing but, the opportunity. So I do think maybe it's more complicated now because they don't want to get completely away from Michelle. But if there's going to be a lead running back who's getting 16 carries per game for the Patriots, I want that guy. And I maybe it's too complicated this year. But I think going well, into the and year... that's also like three seasons. Like Stephen Ridley, you're going back to 2012 or... Okay, but so Garrett like, Blunt was recent and Tony Michelle was last year. 
Sure. So LeGarrette Blunt had the 18 touchdown season, rushing touchdown season. He's the only guy in the last, I think it's like five or six years to have more than six rushing touchdowns in this offense. So that's another issue. I would say on Michelle, you're saying you want a guy who rushes 16 times in this offense. Well, he doesn't catch passes. He's very much that trap back that we've talked about. And he's not getting as much goal line work as we'd expect. Well, this week problem, it was Brandon yeah. Bolden who gets yeah. the touchdown because they don't mind. James Devlin had four rushing touchdowns last year. He's obviously out this year, but they will do all sorts of stuff in the green zone, in the in the close, inside the 10, inside the 5 range. It's hard for, like, for guys to have double-digit rushing touchdowns in this offense. Blunt had that one season, but it doesn't happen every year like we might expect. Would you rather have Sonny Michelle or Ronald Jones? <laughs> Ronald Jones, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think I'd rather have Ronald Jones. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, would you rather have Sonny Michelle or Miles Sanders? I'd take Sanders, too. I think there's more upside. Uh, I'd probably take, I, I'm really concerned about Miles Sanders, just the trend in terms of the snaps for Jordan Howard and the actual performance for Miles Sanders, other than a couple of long catches. I, I'd probably take Michelle. All right. Here's my interesting stat for this week. Joe Flacco. He is on, he's having his, basically his best season. He's got a career high completion percentage. He's his second highest yards per attempt. Second highest yards per game. He's on pace for 4,304 yards. His career high is 4,317 yards. So almost identical to what he's on pace for this year. That 4,317 yards in 2016, that's Flacco's only season with 4,000 passing yards. So it's a complete outlier. So far, so good. I bring it up because so far, the Broncos have two top 16 wide receivers. Sutton and Sanders, their stats are nearly identical. They have something like 22 catches, 300 yards, and two touchdowns, something like that, both of them. They're both top 16 guys. I'm very impressed. Uh, I want to check Sutton's ownership percentage and see how much it rose because he was 70% yesterday. I'll get back to that in a he second. He should be owned in all leagues. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I, I mean, think too. But the thing is, like, I'm thinking to myself, Joe Flacco cannot be this good. So sure. what's so, going to happen? I, I saw that stat in the notes, and the first thing I thought is, like, the weather's great right now, right? And you mentioned before that as we get later into the year, it's going to be more difficult. I, I did I checked his splits over the first four weeks and the rest of the season for his entire career. He's actually been about 1.3 points per game in, in fantasy better in the first four weeks of, of the season throughout his career. So that's one thing with Flacco, where if he's having a career year through the first four games, we would expect him to not be throwing for as many yards when it starts snowing in Denver especially. But I do agree with you. I think he's a pretty decent fit for this offense. Things have looked pretty good there. Emmanuel Sanders obviously looks very spry, but the, the, the story that is Emmanuel Sanders and how quickly he came back from his injury has completely overshadowed shadowed Cortland Sutton, who was a breakout candidate already as a, a second-year guy, very good profile, was a little bit uh, underrated last year even because he had an extremely high uncatchable target rate, but... He still had over eight yards per target, even though he only had a 50% catch rate. And so many of his deep throws were, were uncatchable from Case Keenum. But I talked about him a lot this offseason as a guy who has that downfield role, is going to get the air yards, and he's continued to show it this, this year. Although last week it was Sanders who got more downfield shots. But Sutton's going to have the downfield role, and he's been a lot more efficient this year. And he seems to be mix, uh, meshing with Joe Flacco a lot better than he did with Case Keenum last year. Really like him the rest of the season. Last year, through the first four games of the season, Joe Flacco had thrown for 1,252 yards, mm. eight touchdowns, and only two interceptions. Okay. He was much better last year through the first four games than he has been so far this year. Well, that's, it. that's good to know. Glad I brought this up. But then, so what does that mean for you that you'd be trying to sell Sanders? Or It's hard to sell a guy who's 79% owned. That means not everybody's buying I don't in. think you can. Yeah, but I, Sanders. Like, I'm fine. They're number three receivers that you can start. They don't have... Like you should have sold Sanders after the first two weeks when he was the number five wide receiver in fantasy. Yeah, but he's coming off a good game. Yeah, I'm selling yeah, Sanders. I, yards. Yeah, you're selling Sanders before My, Sutton, right? Because you can get. More. I think Sutton has the the potential to be a like a superstar eventually, and I, I just not a guy I'd want to sell where he's not even owned in every league. He's, his value is not high enough right now. But Sanders is a guy I think you can you you could sell. He's been very good. All right, we got the worryometer. We've got uh, Thursday night football. I got I got a good stat for you. I, I pulled one up from Stealing Signals. This is a really interesting one. Kyler Murray in week one had one of the all-time highest air yards games. The game went to, to overtime, but his average depth of target was 10.8 on his passes, or 10.6, very downfield. 
And then in week two, it was 8.2. Again, very downfield. That's a high number for a quarterback. Last two weeks, it's been 5.9. And now this week, it was 5.3. So all of a sudden, Kyler Murray and this Cliff Kingsbury offense, which was this air raid downfield, heavy air yards offense that I was very excited for after week one and week two, they're just checking everything down underneath. We've seen that uh, impact Larry Fitzgerald's stats and, and Christian Kirk's stats, who's now a little bit banged up over the last two weeks compared to their first two games. When you're not, I mean, it's a great test case for air yards in general. Go look at Larry Fitzgerald's stats. His yards per reception are way down because he's only seeing shorter targets now. It's been great for David Johnson, though. He's, his targets have really spiked the last two weeks. All right, I do have to cut you off. That's interesting stuff. I also saw that uh, Rich Reber at Lord Reeves tweeted that yesterday, um, something about his air yards. So, you know, that's just me, pocket aces, finding cool stuff on Twitter <laughs> with my new best friend. Uh, let me tell you about Z- uh, ZipRecruiter, okay? Hiring can be a challenge, as Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered. But Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter, and she and she said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified candidates. She also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. And that's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Amazing. That's, uh, that's amazing for ZipRecruiter, and that's why you should see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try it for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. One more time, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Let's preview Thursday night football. Pretty excited for this one. Rams and the Seahawks. This game in Seattle here. Uh, all right, so Heath, golf or Wilson? Wilson by a pretty fair margin. Um, like The thing is, the only way that I can see Russell Wilson being bad in this game is if Jared Goff is terrible in this game. Russell Wilson's a lot better quarterback than Jared Goff. It just comes down to whether or not he has to throw. If the Rams don't score, he won't throw, and I'll have, I'll be too high on him as my number five quarterback. But uh, I'm far less certain about Goff. So what do we what do we make of the fact that the Rams were this impenetrable force defensively? You know, quarterbacks were so bad against the Rams for like eight out of ten weeks, and then Winston goes in and just lights them up. Are, do you have? I'll go to you, Ben. Do you have faith in Russell Wilson this week? I, I mean, I think Wilson can beat any defense, really. And I, I agree with Heath. It comes down to whether or not they let him throw the ball. Uh, regarding Winston, some of that was just, uh, got, like, especially early in the second quarter, Goff threw two interceptions in a row that gave them really short fields. Both of Winston's touchdowns to, to Chris Godwin came on two consecutive drives there. I mean, some of it was just, Field position, and then yeah, the like raw stats. The the Bucks put up a lot of yards and a lot of uh, a lot of production, but also in a really high volume game. Uh, and then the the Bucks also, I believe, got a return touchdown in that game. So some of that wasn't necessarily the defense doing as bad. It was Goff setting setting up uh, the defense in in situations where they had a hard time being successful. All right. Well, anyway, Russell Wilson is sixth for Jamie, fourth for Heath, fourth for Dave, and fifth for Heath. Goff, meanwhile, are there waiver wire guys that you would start over Jared Goff, Heath? Yes. Andy Dalton for sure. My goodness. Really? Wow. <laughs> I mean You're just like really going back to the well I, with Andy Dalton. I just Dalton. do not care at all that la- like last week was a really bad game on primetime. We overreact to primetime games. If I care he about the primetime thing, hypothetically I mean, thrown for two, thrown two touchdown passes in this one game. Who is he throwing to? He would to? be a top ten quarterback in everyone's ranking. No, he would. Who is he, he had throwing a very, to? Yes, he would. One hundred percent because it's the Arizona Cardinals. Three out of four quarterbacks against them has scored at least thirty-two fantasy points. But on national TV, he embarrassed himself, got pantsed by the Steelers. Actually, his offensive line. His offensive line. And so yes. everybody is like, "Oh, he sucks now." We figured out Andy Dalton. Yeah, it's John Ross is a He's big deal for me. He's done this for six years. It's up and it's down. It's up and it's down. It's an NFC opponent. You it's also a terrible have, defense. You also have Gardner Minshew ahead of Jared Goff. 
Like the yeah, golf, Gardner is, golf has is, been a better quarterback than Jared Goff this year. He has a brutal matchup though. Golf is throwing a ton of passes, thirty-eight or more passes in three or four games. Um, but he's on the road. We know he doesn't do very well on the road. Uh, so so how so like golf is sixteenth uh, for for Jamie, thirteenth for Heath, thirteenth for Dave. Pardon me, and all the way down to ninth, twentieth for Heath. Um, okay, so Jacoby Brissett, you'd start over him. Yeah. Okay, Dalton, we know Gardner Minshew, we know. Uh, and then Gurley is like a number two running back. Is Chris Carson a must start with Rashad Penny returning? And you know what? I'm sorry, Ben. Uh, because we have our guests coming on, Ben, let me just get to Heath's rankings. We'll just knock this game out. Sure, Heath, go for it. Chris Carson, must start? I, he is a start at running back. Um, I'm not quite as high on him as the consensus, and I've, I've got him basically just ahead of Todd Gurley in both formats. I still... He has a bunch of upside. The Rams don't really mind if you run against them. They'd much rather Chris Carson run the ball than Russell Wilson run the ball. Um, but you've got that little bit of risk of Penny coming back. I do see you have Austin Eckler ahead of Connor. Oh, excuse me, ahead of Carson. That's surprising. I've got Eckler and Gordon projected for a 50-50 touch split this week. Um, I think most, like, the difference i think we all have eckler in a similar spot in non-ppr i've got him basically right around 12 in both formats but yeah i I think he's gonna be very good again okay uh all right (sighs) boy (laughs) ben (laughs) carson or eckler because i that shocks me i'd probably lean carson just because of how much work they went back they went back and gave him uh in week four i mean he his snapshot jumped way back up it had dropped both in week two and week three by double digit percentage rates. And then it jumped all the way back up to his week one rate. So are you worried about I don't Rashad get it. Penny Heath? Is that it? No, I, I just have Carson at a pretty normal, like he's a high end number two running back. Okay. Uh, Tyler Lockett start, sit. Start. When Russell Wilson has thrown less than 30 passes, Tyler Lockett has two and four targets. Now, when these two teams played last year, they were high-scoring, good, good fantasy games. So let's hope for the same. I think we're expecting a lot of throwing from from Wilson, at least relative to what he usually gives us. Uh, but what about DK Metcalf? I can't nope. trust him. No. Uh, how about the three Rams wide receivers? Start him. You sure? What do you mean? I don't know. You gonna... <laughs> like you? You're down I, on I am... golf. I am sure one of the three wide receivers is going to be bad this week and not worthy of a start. Right, you've got no 20th, one, so I was just curious. Like, No one has any idea which of these three wide receivers is going to be bad yeah, this it's week. true. It's true. Uh, home road splits. Woods last year was basically the same. Cooks and Cup were, were much better at, at home, as is Goff. But I don't know how much you're going to make of that. Uh, any interest in the Rams' tight ends? No. No. How good is Will Disley this week? A fine low-end starter. O.J. Howard or Will Disley? Disley easily. I said he's a starter. <laughs> oh. Colts tight end or Will Disley? That hurt me. That hurt me. Um, I will <laughs> take Jack Doyle over Disley in PPR if T.Y. Hilton is out. We're not going to know that on Thursday, most likely, so I'd probably start Disley. And finally, are you starting either of the DSTs? I don't really want to, no. I I dropped the Seahawks in a couple of different leagues, um, just checking my rankings to make sure I don't have them ranked as starters. And no, good, I don't. So no. Let's take a quick break here on Fantasy Football Today. We got a lot left. We got Fantasy Feud coming up. We will either do the Worryometer today or tomorrow, but it's going to happen. You all responded on Twitter. I will get to the Worryometer either today or tomorrow. We have an iTunes mailbag that we need to get to. But Sia Najad is coming up right after this. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Fantasy Football today. Heath's here. 
Ben's here. I, I well, forgot to pull up Ben's music. Sorry. But Sia Nishad is here. Sia, what's going on? Thank you so much for your generous donation to St. Jude, and welcome to Fantasy Football today. Thank you, Adam. Uh, it was a pleasure. I'm so happy that I was able to contribute to such a great cause, and I want to just say to the fantasy football team, uh, thank you for using your platforms for such uh, charitable endeavors. And uh, I think I think it's really great that you guys uh, go beyond fantasy football for things like this. That was way too nice. Awesome. That was way too nice. Thank you, though. We just appreciate tell it. Adam he's a jerk. Yeah, come on. You're sitting next on. to Heath. Like, you know, get those He didn't really do anything. Heath. He just... <laughs> I just like last year at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> All right, right, so we're going to play the feud here. And uh, awesome. the way it works is uh, I'll give you a category. you got to give me the top five or six answers. And we're going to go round robin, one-on-one. Sia, would you like to be in the first contest, or would you like to sit one out and see and just see it? Um, I'll go ahead you? and let's get in the first contest. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Let's play the feud, everybody. The top five answers are on the board. It's going to be Sia versus um, Heath. One other thing. Heath. During this first thing, you have to say your name as the buzzer if you want to get in and try to give the answer. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> right. Uh, top five answers are on the board. Give me the best quarterback so far in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Heath. Ben. He, uh, no, Ben, you're out. You're not. Ben, this, you're not ben. playing. You're the next round. Oh, I'm not. I got it. Yes. I got it. You're the next round. Um, I am going to say, uh, who is Lamar Jackson? This is not Jeopardy. Who is? Family Pew. But Lamar Jackson is still the right answer. He's the number one answer. Would you like to pass or play? Um, I'll, I'll play. All right. Lamar Jackson off the board. The top, how many answers are on the board? Top five answers. Quarterbacks and six point for passing touchdown leagues. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the number two answer. Good job. Good start. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is number four. Good job. Um, <laughs> We're very proud of you. It gets more difficult after those. It does. Three, you have five for seconds. For me, at least. Yeah, that's all I had on top of my head. Hey, Ben, get out of here. Five, four. Oh, I, 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 can't, I can't heckle? Deshaun Watson. <laughs> you can heckle. Oh, Deshaun Watson. That's one strike. The Najad family is thinking it over. They might have a chance to steal. We've got Jackson, Mahomes, and and uh, Dak Prescott. Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson is correct. He is number three. Dak was number four, by the way. And you got to give me a second because I wrote Dak Prescott's name twice and I don't have the number five quarterback. So, <laughs> uh, All right, I am ready now. I have the number five quarterback. Thankfully, it's not Deshaun Watson. Okay, go ahead, Heath. Uh. That would have You're been something if it was Deshaun Watson. <laughs> ben threw me off. Um, five, wow. Four, three, two. Tom Brady? No, he's like number 12. We are looking for the number five quarterback in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. It's not Lamar Jackson or Mahomes or Wilson or Prescott. It is Heath. Three, two, one. Matthew Stafford. He's number six. So close. Ugh. Good guess. All right, Sia. Are we using decimal scoring? No. Well, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, I promise. Sia, uh, you've had some time to think it over. Do you have the answer? I have. The number five quarterback at six point per pass to touch that league's for the win. I'm going to go with Jameis Winston. You are incorrect. <sighs> it is Carson Wentz. Carson okay. Wentz and Heath wins the round. Yeah, good guess. Good guess. Thank yeah, you. good guess. Thank you. Heath, that's that's who I would have guessed. Because and, Winston is number eight, so that was not not bad at all. Yeah. All right. Next category. Heath wanted winner to stay, but I yeah, don't. I think winner should stay. Um. All right. Fine. Winner stays. See, you'll get the last round, regardless if it's Ben or, or Heath. Uh, winner stays. All right. Here we go. In our next category. The the top six answers are on the board. I'm looking for the NFL leaders among running backs, running backs in rushing touchdowns. Heath. Ben. Heath. Heath? Wait, what? You heard Heath before me? Of course. Did, <laughs> didn't everybody? I don't know. I heard myself before Heath. Oh, well, yeah, I must you, be on a You're wrong. Uh, Heath, go, I need an answer here. Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he is fourth. That means Ben has a chance to get the number one answer. Uh, Mark Ingram. He's second. All right, you get to pass or play. 
Six, Me, right? Top six in rush- yeah, you, Ben. Top six in rushing touchdowns. I'll play. All right. We got Ingram and McCaffrey off the board. We need four more. Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is incorrect. Wrong. Um, well, I got to name some good running backs. That's Alvin true. Kamara. Oh, good one. But not true. Not correct. You're wrong. <laughs> That's two. That's a rough start. Heath has a chance uh, to steal almost. There are four answers on the board. Rushing touchdowns. Derrick Henry. Oh, there you go. No, you're wrong. Sorry. He's just missed the cut. <laughs> Heath, there are still four running backs on the board. Your chance to steal and essentially win the fantasy feud. I uh, feel like this is going to be wrong, but I'm going to guess it anyway. Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is. What the hell is the matter with you guys? Have you heard of Dalvin Cook? Oh, Dalvin Cook. So that Makes means sense. Ben Gretsch won. And here, who are the answers? Dalvin Cook leads all running backs with five rushing touchdowns. He is tied with Mark Ingram. So actually, you did get the number one answer, Ben. I'm sorry. Um, Aaron Jones has four. Christian McCaffrey has four. Jeff Wilson has four. And Nick Chubb has four rushing touchdowns. And, um, Chubb and Cook are two that we definitely should have gotten. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Jeff Wilson is a, was a sticky one there. All right, so so Ben, you've got a chance to win. Sia, you have a chance to tie. It's our final round of the Fantasy Feud. We know how it works. Say your name to buzz in. I am looking for tight ends now. Top five tight ends in receiving yards. Top five tight ends in receiving yards. Ben. Ben. Mark Andrews is not a good guess. He's fifth. <laughs> He's fifth. He's fifth. That's cool. All He's right. not top. Sia, you got a chance to... Uh, Get a higher answer and um, control the board. I'll go with uh, Darren Waller. Nice. He's yeah. third. He is third. All right. P- pass or play? I am going to pass. Ooh. All right. Ooh, Most wow. people on this show play. I like it. All right, Ben. Top five tight ends what in the season. gamesmanship over there. Yes. Um, I think, you know what? I have faith that you're going to get these. I think C has just made Travis a huge Kelsey. mistake. Travis yeah, Kelsey is. I think there's only. There's, Three obvious answers. Number one. See it, boy. Did you screw that up? Number one uh, is <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Two more. Yeah, I mean, we got Waller and Andrew. I'm going to say George Kittle still. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, you're wrong. That's one strike. No. All right. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to say Zach Ertz, too. Oh, Zach Ertz. That's interesting. Uh, it, it's a shame that I don't have my buzzer up. I try to get the fantasy... Uh, Nice. Dude, music. All right, that's wrong. Two. Two wrong ones. Wow. So these, these answers are very obvious. You're doing guys. horribly. Uh, I know. It's it's just going swimmingly right now. Kelsey, Waller, Andrews off the board. Top five tight ends. Yeah, receiving I got to guess. I'm just I'm just trying to make sure five, before I throw it out. Four. Three. Greg Olson. Hey. <laughs> Boy, you're bad. All right, see ya. Wow. You get a chance to steal. <laughs> Wow, I'm awful. It's not Kelsey. It's I, not Waller. It's not Andrews. Who else? I am. I'm honestly blanking on this one. I'm trying to figure it out. I know it's not OJ Howard or Chris Herndon. <laughs> True. Um, you win. Would you like a list of teams? Yes. There you go. Give, a list give of him teams. a couple seconds because I would like, do I get to try to steal for the win over everyone? Yes. If Sia doesn't get it in 10 seconds, Heath gets a chance. I will go with five, four, mm. three, two, one. I don't know. Wow. I'll go with Delaney. I'll go with Delaney Walker. Hey, you're wrong. Heath. Uh, I, I'm going to guess maybe it's Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Yes. Perfect. Oh, Evan Ingram is the winner. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, I, technically I Ben won. If Keith was not in that, I won both by virtue of my opponent uh, not being able to steal. <laughs> Anything we could do to make sure Heath does not win. Ben actually did win the fantasy feud. Uh, the other guy, fourth in receiving yards would be, let's get the drop here. Uh, hey, Hooper. Austin Hooper. There you go. It's, so it's Kelsey, Ingram, Waller, Hooper, and Mark Andrews so far. With Earth six and Greg Olson seven, so they weren't the worst guesses. Good job, hey Ben! Congratulations, big win. 
But missing Ingram is is again really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. All right, Sia, would you like to do the worryometer, or would you Let's like do it. would you like to do the most traded list? Let's do the worryometer. Let's do the worryometer. All right, fellas. So I, I asked on Twitter. I got like 130 responses, and all of them are in here. No, 10 of them are in here, something like that. John on a worryometer. So here's how it works: zero to ten. Zero, not worried at all. Ten, extremely worried. Um, see, I will actually give you the first uh, the first crack at each of these. John wants to know about DJ Moore on the worryometer. Zero to ten. I'm gonna give it a five. I actually like Kyle Allen uh, more than I liked an injured Cam Newton. Um, I'm I'm fine with him and Curtis Samuel. Five. I'm going to go with a 6.5. I don't like what's happened to his target share since Kyle Allen's taken over. He's not throwing DJ Moore's way as much. Now, maybe all of these incompletions to Curtis Samuel will lead mm-hmm. to a change in that, but uh, 6.5. Ben? Uh, one, because DJ Moore's the GOAT. No, that's like, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> they just have too many. They, they actually have four good options and yeah we see the targets the last two weeks are terrible yeah i mean it, I, i'm targets. legitimately not worried about him though i have him in like pretty much every league you, like heath will remember every mock draft we did all summer i drafted dj Moore. every single one he's going to be a star i the, the qb situation is concerning but i'm not freaking out over a small sample all right uh this uh next one comes from everyone juju smith schuster zero to ten on the worryometer see ya nine bad yeah. Rudolph is just passing it two yards down the field. No kidding. Heath? It's always relative to where you drafted these guys. And um, yeah, 10. <laughs> ben? Yeah, I like Juju as a player, like more than consensus, similar to DJ Moore. And even I got to say, this is at least a six or a seven. I mean, it's not, it's not great. Who would you rather have rest of season, DJ Moore or Juju Smith-Schuster? Juju. Yeah. Who would you guys rather have rest of the season? Like he said, it's relative to yeah. where you drafted him. Understood. Juju's a... Yeah. Uh, Josh Gordon or Juju Smith-Schuster? Juju. See ya? Juju? I'll go. I'll actually go Josh Gordon there. Good for you. Like, as bad as Juju has been, he's been still been better than Gordon, right? Probably. Yeah, probably. But that does that really matter? Is that really what we're looking at here? Well, I yes, because that helps you put it back into the context of the expectations. We're worried about Juju because he might only be as good as Josh Gordon. No, that's not like that's the whole not expect- true. Like yes, Josh, it's 100% Josh Gordon true. has We're not worried Josh Gordon played startable. one game with Antonio Brown, what which are I'm you willing saying to saying right now, Adam. Listen, do, do fantasy points really matter? No, like, I, I, how don't, many points I don't think he's, whether he scored more points. I don't think it really been does. A disappointment and still in, been better. I don't think it really does in this context because I think you look at two half of Josh Gordon's games. One was against one of the toughest matchups in fantasy, Buffalo, where we knew he was a bad start, and two was with Antonio Brown on the field. If Antonio Brown were playing, I would take Juju over him. I still might, but I think the the argument for Josh Gordon is you look at the two games he played without Antonio Brown, and they were pretty good. And you just look at the way Juju's trending. It's down right now. So I actually think that's more important than just looking at the first four games and the fantasy points. Well, Juju only scored his touchdown from Mason Rudolph. So he's been much better with Mason Rudolph than he has been with Ben (laughs) Roethlisberger. If I can split it up into quarters played with Mason Rudolph in games in which Deontay Johnson (laughs) didn't see at least 2.5 targets, Juju's been awesome. (laughs) Not even listening. (laughs) Devontae Freeman, 0-10 to on the Warriometer. See ya. Um, I'm going to give Devontae uh, a 10. Uh, I think Ido Smith is probably the better running back. Also, Josh Gordon plays the Redskins this week, so maybe we'll change our tune after this week. We will. We will. You and I won't, but but Heath and Ben will. <laughs> All right, so uh, a big one, uh, a 10 for Devontae Freeman from Sia. Heath, Ben? I was yeah, actually I really encouraged by the fact they threw it to him nine times in their last game. They can't defend and they can't run, so the pass-catching back should have the value. Uh, three. Hmm. Would you call him no, more of nine. A, a buyer? Wow. Wow. So Heath, yeah, I'm with Sia. What do you think, Heath? You're the, in the I, I just here. told you what I thought. All right. So so yeah. let me let me then. <laughs> would you be willing to buy low on on Devonte Freeman? I uh, yes. If if Ben or Sia have him on any teams, I would be happy to take him off their hand. I do not. Mm, all right. This is from Tony Starks. Calvin Ridley, zero to ten on the worryometer. Three. Oh, sorry. I'm not first. 
Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give that another probably nine. Uh, I don't think Matt Ryan has time to, to hit those those deep targets to Calvin Ridley. See, yeah, you are a nervous Yeah, Nelly. right. Are you okay? about everyone. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like Ridley. You I like Josh Gordon. Every player. There you go. Uh five for ridley i'm i'm slightly concerned okay ben three you said yeah it's like a three for me i still really like him long term i think a couple game situations haven't gone his way but we're still working with small samples with all these guys and you give him a couple bad games he looks bad but he also had a really good week one i think he's gonna be fine as the the larger sample you know continues to fill out yeah i think fine i just i i was hoping for a big breakout and the fact that Hooper and Sanu are still getting so many targets just doesn't really make me think he's going to sure. be, that Ridley's going to be great. Uh, Sony Michelle, we've already talked about. Damian Williams, we have talked about, but let's do it again. Worryometer on Damian Williams. Uh, see ya. I'm discouraged by McCoy's role, but I'll give Damian a, a four. I think, I think he'll have a role when he comes back. Mine's a question mark because I don't actually understand what's wrong with Damian Williams. He had a bruised knee. He had a knee contusion. Are you worried that he's like, going to lose his job? Three weeks ago. Are you, gonna, are you worried yeah, that he's going to lose his yeah. job? He can't practice. Uh, what is the deal with his injury? That's, that's a great worried. point. I, I, I have no idea. It, his knee hurts. I, I know that much. I don't know. Like, really bad bruise, apparently. Um, seven? Like, if we're going back to the same thing we said with Judo, and it's about where the expectations started, I he's not... In my opinion, unless something happens to LaShawn McCoy, he doesn't have much of a chance at the role we were hoping for for him. All right, we've got a minute left with Sia, and then Ben and I will uh, stay on and do the, the iTunes mailbag and a regular, hopefully we'll read some regular emails in a second. But Sia, I didn't really get to properly introduce you, uh, so would you, would you like to tell us about yourself and, and fantasy football and, you know, the floor is yours. I'll make it short and sweet. I'm a fantasy football junkie, have been since about 2001 when I joined my first league. Uh, I'm from uh, the Washington, D.C. area, the suburbs of uh, D.C., and um, I'm in five leagues currently. Uh, it's a lot. I monitor a few more. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. Um, Are you a Redskins fan? Just big-time Redskins fan. Uh, it's been a struggle the last uh, couple <laughs> decades when I was growing up. I thought we were going to go to Super Bowls every uh, three to four years, and it has not worked out that way. Is that uh, You said you monitor a few more, and that's what interests me. Is this a situation like I've heard of some people where their family members have leagues, and they pretend like their family member <laughs> is in the league, but they actually draft and run the team for their family member? I've is this a situation that. like that? Is this an Adam Thing. No. <laughs> no, but I do. Um, I do have one four and O team. It's just, but my wife manages the team, so yeah. Just want to point that out. Is that, is that kind of what you're doing there? That's what I'm. Yeah. Doing okay. Yes. yes. Okay. Great. Well, see ya. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for your donation and good stuff today. And I'm going to declare you the honorary winner of Fantasy Feud. Ben, I apologize. Thank you. See is the winner. Well, I actually won. So, <laughs> no. But I earned it. Ben Evan actually Ingram, won. My... Sia won. Well, how did you win not by win. not winning again? How come me? it's always disputed who won when Adam hosts? We have to go uh, the video portion here. Uh, keep watching on YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football today. You'll hear our mailbag for Sia, for Heath, for Ben. Uh, I'm Adam. But we're coming right back in just a moment. Well, before Ben and I answer your questions, if you have any questions about, hey, like, I need to go to a game or a concert, comedy theater. I need to get to an event. What app should I use? You should use the SeatGeek app, obviously. And you should use our promo code FFT and save 10 bucks. So that's 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase with the promo code FFT. Been telling you about SeatGeek for a few years. They're one of our most loyal sponsors, and we really, really appreciate it from SeatGeek. But listen, I, I mean, they're great. They really are. And they've just gotten more and more popular. They have over 50,000 five star reviews. People know now. People know about SeatGeek. That's the first place I go to to get my tickets all the time. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web. They rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. So you look for an event and they say, hey, these are the underpriced tickets. This is the great deal. Go ahead and buy these tickets and save 10 bucks. Again, download the SeatGeek app. Use the promo code FFT for 10 bucks off your first purchase. Download that SeatGeek app today. The promo code is FFT for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Thank you all so much for your iTunes comments and questions. Let's get to some of them right now. From Paul, I picked up Mark Andrews after week one, but I just received an offer for Kittle, uh, of Kittle for Mark Andrews. Would you accept this trade? Yeah. You give up Andrews for Kittle? 
Yeah, I would definitely. I, I mean, look, Kittle hasn't been great to start the year. He had two touchdowns called back in week one. He's already had his bye now as well. So going forward, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to carry a second tight end. You can just at any point. I mean, obviously, you don't necessarily need to if you have Andrews, but you'll have to pick one up for a bye week with Kittle. You just plug him in for the rest of the season. I, I definitely would still have Kittle over Andrews. Yeah, I would too. I, I was I'm a little less enthused about Kittle than I was a couple weeks ago because through three games, four games for everyone else, three for San Francisco, they have the second fewest pass attempts per game in the NFL, ahead of only Minnesota. Now, week one, they had two pick sixes. Week two, they blew out the Bengals. They were up big late. Week three, they were in a close game. They they had the ball for like 36 minutes. They threw 32 passes. So I think this might be a running team. Uh, and that's just something you should consider here. But still, Kittle over Andrews makes sense. But Kittle easily leads the team in target share. Yeah. So that is the, the counter to that, at least a little bit. Uh, all right, from EMO. I'm considering offering Gurley and Diggs for Melvin Gordon. Would you give up Gurley and Diggs for Melvin Gordon? I think that's a little bit of an overpay. I don't think it's crazy. I do. I would. I would put Gordon ahead of Gurley right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't just be giving away digs free. I understand there's, you know, it, it's a tough situation with how much they're throwing right now. But I still think long term, you you probably don't want to start him short term every week. But long term, he's still going to be a very productive player. And I think they're going to have to throw more eventually. Now, EMO also said he could possibly get A.J. Green, so he'd be giving up Gurley and Diggs for Gordon and A.J. Green, and I would love that trade. Uh, that's not just like a throw-in. I mean, A.J. Green still yeah. has some value here. Uh, yeah, he's a good value. Logan from a small town in Kentucky is in a 10-team half PPR league. Give up Gurley and A.J. Green. Get DeAndre Hopkins. Is that too much for Hopkins, Gurley and Green? It's not for me, especially not in a 10-team. I think you want to consolidate elite talent. I understand like A.J. Green is going to be back eventually, and, and you just noted he's not a throw-in, but I don't necessarily know that we're going to see peak A.J. Green when he does come back or what will happen with him, and I, I am down on Gurley. I, I think Hopkins is going to be absolutely fine, though. Like He's been fine with volume, and it, I think the production will come. Uh, this is from Ace Crew, PPR League. I have Ingram, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, and Leonard Fournette. So he has, in addition to Mark Ingram, he has Melvin Gordon, Eckler, and Fournette. Should I trade Mark Ingram for Saquon Barkley? Yeah, I mean, I would. I don't think it really matters who else you have. I would be fine trading Mark Ingram for Saquon Barkley, even with Barkley being hurt um, in pretty much any format. Ingram's a guy that I've mentioned as a sell high just because he's had such such. Uh, He's going to continue to be an efficient runner with Lamar Jackson as quarterback, but he's had so many rushing touchdowns already. We we talked about it on the feud part of the of the episode today that he's tied for the league lead. He's not going to run for twenty touchdowns. I just don't buy that. Uh, this is from Lion or Loin the Cut. Loin the Cut. Who do I start at flex? Juju against Baltimore, Gallman against Minnesota, or Marquez Valdez Scantling at Dallas? I probably just take the volume with with Gallman. I I don't think you can go to MVS. We just don't know what his targets will be like on a weekly basis. And Juju, obviously, a little bit of concern after what happened in week four. So I think you just go with Gallman and know that he's going to get plenty of touches. And finally, from Benny, start two. Mixon against Arizona, Montgomery against Oakland, uh, Eckler against Denver, and Gallman against Minnesota. I will take Mixon here. I think he gets it going a little bit against Arizona. Uh, Arizona's defense is is really bad. I mean, I, I think we have to be concerned about Cincinnati as well, but it's interesting that in uh, in the betting markets, Cincinnati's still favored in this game, even after their their horrible showing in on Monday night. And then my other option, I will go with Eckler. I still Gordon's gonna be back. Uh, I, I don't but I don't think you want to play Montgomery in London, and I'm just not really I like high that. on Montgomery period. I like uh, David Montgomery here. I mean, I think this is a really good game script for him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good matchup as well. But Eckler, there's so many high-value touches in that backfield. They they throw to their running backs a ton, and they give so much red zone work to their backs. Uh, last week, I think it was both of Philip Rivers' touchdowns went to the running backs. He loves to throw touchdowns to the running backs. So even when Eckler goes back to his secondary role, I don't think it's going to be as small of a role as it was last year when he was healthy. And I also don't think... Um, like immediately because I think they're going to work Gordon in 
And I also don't think it's going to kill his value that much because he's still going to catch passes and still have the potential to score touchdowns. And let's see if we can get some uh, some regular good old-fashioned emails in here. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. This is from McKaysey. Uh Trade or keep Juju Smith-Schuster? I'd keep him. I, I Everyone is probably down on him right now. I don't think you're going to get nearly the amount of value you should need to, to, to deal a guy that has his upside as well if you know they figure something out downfield. All right, from Evan. I have James Conner. Do I trade him now or sit on him for a little while? I need help at running back. I lost Saquon. I don't know. Like, Conner, I'm pretty good with Conner. Yeah. Like, the usage is going to be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just super involved, and they obviously need to ride him. Julio and Mac or Bell and Juju? Which side would you rather have? This is from Nick. Julio, Jones, and Marlon Mack or Le'Veon Bell and Juju Smith-Schuster? Whew. That's a tricky one. I don't yeah. know what I would take. I think I'd probably take Bell and Juju, but it's close. I think I'd take Julio and Mac. I like Bell to have a really good second half after we saw him just so heavily used in their first few weeks, and then Darnold hopefully coming back would improve the whole offense. Okay. Uh, and then this is from the fantasy football sex symbol, Eddie Ray. Mm, interesting. I thought that was me. In Boston, Massachusetts. What's up, Tom, Drew, Jacoby, and Jimmy? Come on, Ben. Uh, quarterbacks that... Uh, Patriots quarterbacks. Hey, there you go. Good job, man. Um, I took a flyer on Golden Tate. I can finally use him. Should I start, sell, or bench Golden Tate moving forward? And I think he's wondering about starting him over Sony Michelle. If it's PPR, I think you can start him over Michelle. I, I've mentioned already in the show I'm really down on Michelle, so it's not really a huge, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Uh, a huge, I'm endorsement is the word I'm looking for. A huge endorsement of Golden Tate. Okay. I, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to jam him into lineups, and I don't think there's really a lot of sell value. He's just kind of a guy. I just don't love like he's coming back and facing Minnesota and New England. So what's the uh, there's there's capped upside I think uh, Minnesota could smother the Giants yeah. and actually Michelle... that's a pretty good argument to sell if uh, if he does have any value in someone's league because I you're right that's two bad matchups and he I could see him get cut in two weeks pretty easily right right and it, you know and non it, it also PPR versus non PPR is a big difference when you're talking about Tate versus Sony Michelle anyway we're getting played off right now by Ben Folds Five Ben thank you for your time sorry sorry about. Yeah fantasy feud i know you really wanted to keep that title oh i no, i won i mean he <laughs> thinks he won a tiebreaker oh no, oh no, you see gave it to our yeah, guest yeah, of yeah, course yeah yeah, yeah. No, i'm sorry about that all right so uh tomorrow starter sit for the afc home games thanks everyone see ya you can now relive the best moments of the uefa champions league 24 7 the UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.